0: I am just uh, rarely a fan of startups acquiring startups. It's kind of like uh, if you multiply 0.8 two times over, you're not getting 1.6. You're just getting a lesser probability of you surviving. It's like we're just heavier now. We still need to swim to shore. And now I have you on my back. It's like it was just easier when I was swimming alone.
1: Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Founder's Journey series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by my guest, Dennis Mortensen, a seasoned tech founder and entrepreneur of five ventures, four successful exits, of the latest being X.AI, an AI-powered scheduling tool, which we actually interviewed Dennis, in last, Dennis last year on that exact tool. Welcome, Dennis, good to have you on again. Thanks much for having me. Now you were acquired by Bizaboo in May of 2021 this year, correct? A couple of months ago, yeah. Very, very recent. I'm excited to hear more about this this journey that you've been on and the maybe the insights because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs this is what they dream of getting to this island. Let's talk about that that imagery. But many drown. <laughs> so here, what? First off, what is it like? To, to, to arrive? What's the emotions? What's the feelings like?
0: A few footnotes uh, before I paint a picture of the island, uh, if okay. uh, that's our uh, metaphor of the day. It's hard, I think, or at least I don't know how to design for your arrival. So if you're just trying to uh, you know, swim across the channel, Trying then to imagine the party you're going to have on the other side might actually not increase your probability of having that party. You should just focus on swimming, really, as in it's dangerous enough as it is. So on the way there, my mindsets have certainly always been one for where try to make some good product and some happy customers. Because if you do that, you might just increase that probability. Now, having said that, and most people say, Dennis – yeah, I've heard that before. You're not saying anything new here. So, uh, sure, I'm, I'm doing my damnedest best as we speak. Tell me more about the island. That was the question. Now, to at least allow for the opportunity, if that is what you're seeking, to arrive on the island and uh, get to that elusive startup exit, which for some people might not be the goal. There's nothing wrong in the forever company. If anything, that is... Uh, admirable in its uh, own sense. But if you're not uh, working on the forever company and are swimming towards the island, I think there's at least two schools of thought. There's the kind of West Coast, why Combinator, don't speak to investors, investment banks, M&A teams, corp dev, and what have you, unless you are actively in the moment, come two weeks from now, trying to sell your company or raise some capital. Then there's the other school of thought, which uh, I believe in, doesn't make it right. Remember, anything I say is not gospel. It's all opinion. It's one for where you should probably speak to, and I tend to club these together, so I don't see a difference between, for this particular purpose, the investment bank or the co-op dev team or the business unit owner or the VC at seed, A, B, C, D, E level, they're all in the same bucket. And it's a bucket of opportunity, really, which is that I, throughout any venture I've done, probably speak to two or three in that segment every week, week in, week out. If we take uh, my current endeavor, X.AI, and I keep a spreadsheet, by the way, uh, I spoke to 273 distinct entities throughout the years. Most of them, multiple times. Now, why would you speak to so many? Many of them, of course, sorry, that's not the right word. A few of them uh, are existing investors because we got super intimate, they ended up on the cap table. Now, I always, if I'm really honest, had kind of real pushback from uh, existing investors and what have you, like Dennis. I heard you spoke to Insight. Hey, Dennis, I was out west. I heard you chatting to Google m Hey, Dennis, uh, I saw this post. Did you meet up with these people? And they just weren't comfortable uh, with that idea. I was super comfortable in the fact that you probably need to make some friends ahead of time if you at some point in the future think you might get married because getting married after the second date seems just completely unrealistic. Or you need to have something so staggering successful that they cannot not buy it. And let's be real here. We're all going to make some good product, some happy customers, and have an interesting entity that might be uh, up for grabs for the right kind of multiple. But we're not Snapchat. uh, We might be something else. Now, as I did that, if I look back on my last three ventures, we can take I'll give you some examples here of, yeah, but what does that translate into, Dennis, and why are you even doing that? And Two or three times a week, that seems like a real investment, not only just in time, but all the kind of potential friction you create with the existing kind of team around you, including, say, your employees. Like, hey, who is that? Who's at the office? Uh, What's going on? If you do it enough, then people figure out, oh, it's part of a kind of methodology and uh, I can just uh, keep going here. This particular exit uh, came about, there's not a single kind of uh, reasoning for anything, but there's certainly a uh, bigger multiplier uh, in that equation that a smaller startup uh, wanted to see if we would not like to acquire them in the kind of scheduling space and uh, again it falls into the kind of same kind of interest bucket and i took a chat with them uh, side note i actually took the two founders to ballroom dancing with my daughter because i just didn't have any time but you can join me and then we can do that we can uh, you know, remove that from the equation that's that's not a uh, hint on what you should do yeah. now uh, these guys were uh, super nice people i am just uh, rarely a fan of startups acquiring startups it's kind of like uh, if you multiply 0.8 two times over you're not getting 1.6 you're just getting a lesser probability of you surviving it's like we're just heavier now we still need to swim to shore and now i have you on my back it's like it was just easier when i was swimming alone Mm -hmm. so took a look and uh, politely declined these guys were still nice clever and what have you they ended up being acquired by Um, a company in Europe all couldn't find uh, kept in contact uh, over the years then uh, Becibo was in this kind of build or buy mode should we build this particular type of technology or should we buy it and that's typically how many people end up if they're not just directly acquiring revenue Uh, and in their network these people were part of who do you think we should call? I think of the folks you have on your list, you need to add Dennis and extra AI. They are uh, nice, clever, have some interesting technology. Well, that was part of my do this thing two or three times a week. That was that exit. If I take uh, the prior exit when we sold Visual Revenue to Outbrain, I was at a, kind I, Industry roundtable with kind uh, of eight people and could look like Dennis. Don't go around town singing your song. Just do your fucking work. Some sort of investor comment, right? <laughs> and I try again to explain. Yeah, I think this is part of my work. And at that roundtable, the COO of Outbrain was there, and I knew obviously don't attend any roundtable if it's not part of my kind of interest bucket and now's the time to kind of go to the whiteboard and dazzle with what technology you have and must have been five or six months later because here's another kind of footnote you trying to uh, extract an exit in the moment, that suggests you just wake up with some sort of lust to sell somebody else wakes up with some conclusion to buy, and in that moment, you meet. It's like you might even wake up on the same day. You just know each other, and you won't even meet. So you need to kind of make sure that you planted all the seeds so that morning when they do wake up or that particular whiteboard that they're at in that whatever board meeting or business unit meeting where you're not in, you end up on that whiteboard. So that's short of half a year later, they got into the build-or-buy mode and gave me a ring before that here's an investor story when we sold to yahoo uh i met up with a let's call it series at that moment cd type investor really only wrote 50 million dollar checks and above we were looking for five or ten so we weren't even a good fit i take those meetings nevertheless not as in Let's see if you can write a smaller check or let's see if I can extract a bigger check. That's not the point. Just be super honest with folks. I said, there's nothing which I can do for you today or you can do for me at, at this very moment. However, if I continue to execute, we might meet up later in life and you will know some of the backstory. You'll see whether I kept my promises on both where I was at, where I was headed and whether I am now in that destination. That must be nine months later. They are in a meeting with Yahoo and Jerry, where that moment was back as the CEO. And they were looking at a set of companies. We were not on the list. They said, hey, I was in San Jose and I met up with this uh, interesting kind of European. I think we need to add them to the list. And we ended up on the list. And all of these kind of three last exits have been what some people say, Dennis, that is just you know, the very definition of serendipity. I said, you haven't designed anything here. I would like to believe if you plant 273 seeds, some of them might blossom into something. They might all just uh, get washed away in the next uh, set of rain that comes along, but some of them might just blossom. It could be a complete wasted investment, but it's been my tactic. And each one of the outcomes have been uh, attached to this. Very long answer. Uh, I apologize. There's only two (laughs) questions, and then we close up for the day.
1: I love that. So uh, Dennis, you actually asked several questions. I would have asked you in the middle of it too, like you were in my brain. That was, that was powerful. Now you said 273 conversations. Oh,
0: over what period of time? Unique entities. So every entity get a line. So that means, and oh. uh, you know, Andreessen Horowitz, because they start with A, who will end soon, runs a corp dev, they'll be at the bottom, then figure out all the names in between, right?
1: and and these these names are you you come across them or are you already targeting these people because you thought of them that i i need so, to know these people
0: i try to craft a setting where most if not almost all of this is inbound it's like many other things it's almost like uh, if press is one of your acquisition tactics it probably shouldn't be but if it is you can really work it hard uh And it's almost all outbound, as in you are trying to kind of plant some sort of story. But once you cross a kind of certain inflection point, you are now the voice of the industry or the voice of that particular technology or the hero of the day, doesn't matter what the definition is. And then it becomes all inbound. And the more inbound it becomes, the more likely it is that the next one is also inbound. And if you can kind of flip things around, meaning that Uh, Alibaba Corp Dev speaks certainly to Tencent uh, uh, Corp Dev. And if you've spoken to three of them, uh, then uh, you'll also speak to Ant Finance Corp Dev. And have you spoken to them? Click, click, click. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need to have a good story to tell and some interesting kind of technology. You can't just uh, sit and chit-chat, but if you're on, you know, some particular uh, avenue which is of interest to these people sure then uh, you can kind of create some sort of motion that sees most of this being inbound
1: so you you start with with some energy to, to begin it but it's ideally eventually it's just this inbound and then you're just yep. keeping track yep. uh, and making sure that those conversations are happening
0: yeah then of course if you can create this motion and uh, some firms take uh, index ventures or Insight. They have reasonably large research teams or kind of venture associates whose job it is to keep tabs on startups. I probably met with them like 10 times. Like uh, I'm on some sort of CRM system. And, and you know what? People will say, these people are junior. They couldn't write a check above $20, Dennis. Why are you talking to them? Well, I still ended up uh, at some point because uh, they got a new partner who looked at their database saying, hey, this looks interesting. Can't you arrange a meeting? Because you chatted with Dennis like four or five times. can you arrange that I can pop by the office? Of course. And then... Uh, it kind of escalated from there. We never took capital. And we could say, yeah, all those meetings were a waste. No, they're only a waste if you know with certainty who exactly will end up either investing and or buy your company in the end. We need to plant those seeds.
1: Mm-hmm. This whole uh, investing time, building these relationships, do you feel it transfers to the next venture uh, that you start? Very much so. Mm-hmm.
0: That's obviously the unfair part of this, which is that uh, you can arrive at a new venture with a ball somewhat in motion and uh, shouldn't be kind of uh, shy to kind of say that. But doesn't, without patting myself too much on the back, uh, because I make a thousand bad decisions every day, but I did do a complete research, or or a recently large research, when we sold to Yahoo that had me move from Europe to the U S and you kind of have a uh, less of a network. It's not like I knew a hundred people in the city and I could just kind of uh, start you know, ringing some doors. Th- that was not the case. Your, your open
1: policy. I remember last time that people can just email you and you seem to reply to every single email that comes to you. Do you feel like that that is also part of, of your ability to keep connections and moving forward
0: on that? Now, if you, I do. Uh, so this is another part of the strategy. And again, uh, I would I would sometimes take pride in my inbox zero, and I would have people who would push back on that, especially people who might have invested money in me for where, are you sure you should be proud of that? Because that could be that you're just sitting doing shit you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, perhaps, and likely on some of them, as in this particular response doesn't do anything for this particular business at this moment, oh, I certainly can't connect the dots. But over a long enough of a horizon, I actually do think and again, this is perhaps just uh, one big part, philosophy and uh, very little kind of science, but you can certainly go back and have a look at how we've been perceived, which is super transparent, very kind of open, easy to kind of approach, and that do you very well on many fronts on uh, new candidate kind of pipeline. If you want to hire a new new good engineer, that is not as easy as it sounds, or a new good data scientist or a new good whatever on your team. Or if you want to build trust with customers who might have had a either a hiccup or are in some sort of RFP trying to figure out do I pick A or B, the B folks or the X folks in my uh, scenario here, they just seemed very approachable as in we emailed them, they responded, shit, I had some issues. The CEO actually reached out. Is this the two man band? No, it looks like an 80 man band. That's that suggests to me that there's uh, either really strong communication channels or a willingness to kind of listen here. So I've always kind of invested in that. That's the one part. As in you, you can choose to do so or or not, but I do think in this uh, motion we talked about before It can't all be fluff, as in startup people here will know, as in, hey, how are you doing, Dennis? We're fucking killing it. Like that story we have, we can tell well. I can give you a 20-minute version of how we're killing it without having said anything. Uh, And we're all very good at it. This, though, if you want to kind of keep that motion going and have some kind of recurring inbound interest, You need to expose yourself a little bit, be a little bit kind of vulnerable, make some promises that you might not be able to kind of make, which is that today on August 12th, this is where we're at. This is the kind of current trajectory. I plan to kind of launch, push, do whatever initiative come 1st of Jan. We expect come end of Q1, this is where we'll be at. Because if you tell these stories and then later deliver on them, what you build up now is Trust. Trust in this dude. I might not like the space he's in, his particular product, but whenever they say something, they do it. Sure, there's some sort of elasticity in the outcome, but they are very easy to kind of read. They say they're going to do A, they do A.
1: What what I was about to say is like, if you make that, that promise, that goal, but you don't quite reach it. I guess you you make progress on it. So there are at least that. Is that that where you kind of...
0: Oh, yeah, but I'm also very open in don't pretend to be able to predict the future because none of us can. But you can certainly be very clear about the actions that you're going to take. And then you can Mm -hmm. have ideas or projections for I think these actions will yield these outputs with this kind of elasticity attached to it. And even with that elasticity, you should have some idea. And if it's just a raw experiment, you should even also be open and say, this could be a you know negative output or a positive output, this raw experiment. We actually don't know. This, though, is not an experiment. This is work that should yield something in this range. Then they'll start to kind of see, oh, they can kind of differ between raw experimentation and hopes and dreams and all the things that come attached to the startup and that of having found some truth and trying to kind of scale that truth.
1: You you, you paint a, an interesting picture of, of versus saying, yeah, things are great and leaving at that and just assuming, but not really sit, stating anything, but drawing a picture of where you're going a very clear with, with timelines and deadlines. It actually makes me think of a large popular example, probably uh, Elon Musk. He says, we're going to Mars by 2024. Whether they get to Mars by 2024 or not, he's painted a picture that everyone can follow along with and gets excited.
0: I, I'm a fan of that. Uh, he says a lot of crazy stuff, but it's very hard uh, to kind of push back on his ambition uh, because we all kind of, uh, if we exist in the same universe, look a little kind of impotent in on what we're working on versus what he's working on, right? So I'm just uh, not going to comment on that at all. So I just leave him to kind of make some of those promises and uh, mm-hmm. hats off. Now, uh, it, on, it,
1: it, on It's this concept of, of drawing a picture, though, I'm fascinated with.
0: Exactly. So on that, both when uh, I've pitched uh, for capital, or even just in these kind of motions, I like to talk about the destination. Because Mm. if you and me are going on a journey together, and it's going to be super hard, we should at least agree that should we be so lucky to survive and arrive on the island, we're going to like it. Mm. If you don't want to be on the island, Why are we even working on it? As in, you should just uh, not even jump into the water. Just uh, stay put on shore. I'll do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And in whatever round, I've painted a picture of this is where I think we could be. Now, these are all the dangers. You should just expect that we'll die along the way. That is the most realistic outcome of what I'm telling you. However, should we survive? This is what it looks like. If you're in love with what it looks like, great. Then we should talk. You can come to the conclusion that you still want to be there. You don't think I can get there. Then find somebody else you think is uh, slightly more competent who can kind of get you there. Now, then if they agree on the destination, it is my job to figure out what are some of the stepping stones in getting there. And I tell the story backwards just before we arrive. This is what the last kind of... Uh, you know, Sandbank would kind of look like just before that this is what it looks like and that makes it uh, reasonably kind of tangible all the way down to what is it that I'm selling you today take um, last venture, A round to kind of just pick uh, some moment in time. What I sold them was uh, the destination and then when I rolled it back I sold them that come the end of this investment what I will have is 65 enterprise customers. Yeah, Dennis, but what about all these other things? Sure, there'll be kind of uh, some debris attached to that, and those metrics will uh, line up to something. Those I can't really predict. What I can tell you is that we closed five enterprise customers, We have this many in the pipeline, I can now predict with a certain amount of accuracy what I can extract if you put some money in at the top. On that A round, before we uh, raised the B round, we closed 68. Uh, That's more luck than, uh, than anything, but it could have been 52 or 79 or something like that. We certainly had a good enough understanding of, well, this is what the pipeline kind of looks like. We were able to close five on the prior set of capital. Now, if we do this at the top, I can see how much we can kind of push through. And that was the only promise I made. I can give you another one for the seed round at X.AI, uh for where we thought, given languages and unsolved signs, that the one of the bigger obstacles was whether the space we would exist in would be finite, as in, we thought we could predict a set number of intents, new meeting, council meeting, reschedule, running late, new participant, your ops, all, all those things that can happen in my uh, little universe. But as I say them, what? are that 10,000 or 108, right? As in, what, what, what is it? Uh, because some things, even in the real world, don't come along that often. And it could be that for every 10,000 meetings, something happened, or for every 100,000 meetings. So I see it's so rare. It's kind of like uh, getting a car to kind of drive itself for the most part, you know, oh, that is the easy thing. But then you see something so rare that we just don't have a model for it, right? And they're figuring that out as we speak, uh, you know, musk and point. Uh, And and for that initial kind of seed round, what we told them, all you're going to get from us is a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We will tell you whether this space is finite, we won't have a product, we won't have customers, we won't have revenue, we won't have anything but an answer. Now, if you would like to invest in this answer, where like you would be the only one, together with us, who knows this, then we can see whether we can capitalize on that. It might just be a secret that is of value. But if you don't believe that that, is sec- that particular secret is of value, we're not going to be good, uh, good partners. That was a uh, slightly bold Statement, but it was also a very good qualifier for plenty of people. Just that's not a good fit with the particular fund that we are running, and I, I respect that. Uh, but it worked as a very kind of a boolean type qualifier for Dennis. I'm not buying a thumbs up for two million dollars. Like uh, that's not, cool. not for me. <laughs> not for yeah. me. But um, it's
1: it's it's clearly stating where you're head and saying this is the the goal point. Are you comfortable with with this as the objective? Yep. Mm. And,
0: and then I think it becomes more, uh, I like that this becomes very kind of tangible. As in, what is it that you're buying from me? Are you buying a, say, a data science truth, X number of enterprise customers, some amount of MRR, some percentage month over month growth? Just be super straightforward and honest with what is it that you're trying to sell. Because if that is the one thing that you're measuring, measuring in your business, you can't have a different set of spreadsheets you send out to your investors because then you, you're not really walking together.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you've painted the, the the powerful picture of how do you get there? It's, it's these multiple conversations over time. It's painting the right pictures that you're able to get to this point. But now you arrive, um, coming back to this, how do you feel? Because I actually talked to someone else just recently interviewed them on, they, they arrived and they're like, aha, I'm here. Describe what is, what is it, what is it like to, to, to cross then and get to the Island?
0: There's certainly different uh, emotions attached to that. uh, That Island, when you come back, it's almost like lost, right? So remember I, I've been at the Island uh, three times before, and then I, uh, I set to sea. so there's certainly different emotions versus that kind of first time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did all the things that you're supposed to do the first time. And then I'll get back to kind of where we're at today. So first time, uh, I did sell all my things and uh, we did move to the Caribbean and uh, kind of like, but I was only 26, 27 um, mm. and you have a few monies in your pocket. You can just only have so many mojitos, right? So uh, that, that didn't work. Uh, but but I, I wouldn't suggest you, you do that. Now, I'll give you There's a thousand things we can talk about here, but I'll I'll say two things. Um, I said three things, actually. Uh, I can't, there's so much to talk about. (laughs) Turn this into a a day-long thing. First, uh, if you never had an exit before, uh, as in you're early in your kind of entrepreneurial uh, career or it just haven't lined up, uh, all sorts of reasons for you not having reached this, you know, including the fact that it's super hard uh, to kind of get to that point. But if you have this kind of moment, and it looks like you might be able to extract an exit, but you have to kind of give up on things you feel might be unfair, say price, terms, things that that wasn't what I dreamed about yesterday. As in. When I thought about it, and then I saw the contract and my kind of uh, imagination and contract, that Venn diagram, they just don't overlap, right? I would uh, strongly suggest that uh, you have a Diet Coke, look out the window, calm down, take another look, because there's two reasons why I think you should take that contract. Have I not even looked at it, that imaginary contract, on that imaginary entrepreneur, but If you can craft an exit, you get entry to a very exclusive club. Founders who built something, who got to an exit. It is nearly impossible. There are so few members. And those members that are in the club are so scarred that they're not going to live for long. But it's a very exclusive club. And you can take that card, that membership card, and shop it around in a positive way, start Mm -hmm. new ventures, get co-founders, raise capital. You can do so many things that you'll say, yeah, 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 Dennis, I hear you. No, you don't. You're not hearing me, really. Like You should pause right now and say, what if he's right, as in what is what Dennis is trying to say here is really, really right, as in what if I sold this at half price, but what I'm getting is much more valuable. that. What I think I'm giving up. And I will tell you, it probably is. As in, if I go back, and I even negotiated uh, hard on price when I was uh, in my first exit, because I was super young, and I flipped to the last 80s, didn't even look at the terms, really. All sorts of kind of risks had to it. I'm surprised the whole thing worked out. But uh, so focused on price, where now in hindsight, I should have been much more focused on, Get this done to this because you'll be a different person on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that has given me a ton of life opportunities. That's one. Just work that list or email me and I'll help you kind of work that column on what are you going to get out of this, which is not just that uh, sum of taxed uh, dollars that you are gonna, thinking is going to be uh, your savior. That's one. Two, the amount of uh money which you need to be free uh, when you have uh, less than what you think you need is some sort of if you speak to people who haven't reached that inflection point just in life in general they'll say kind of amounts that are kind of unnecessary mm-hmm. yeah i think i need a 100 million dollars to be free do you as in sure Uh, you'll certainly be financially free at $100 million. Pick some other, it doesn't matter what the amount is. But whenever I speak to people, the amount is always, in my opinion, and this is just, of course, all opinion, it's always way too big. As in, okay, so uh, let's say you buy a nice apartment, $3 million. I don't know where you live. uh, Set aside half a million dollars so your kids can go to school. Put aside another $2 million to uh, just... Flim flam, right? Because you, you don't have any cost now, right? As in, you know, Diet Coke's and laptops, as in, you, you got to buy a lot of Diet Coke's and a lot of laptops to spend, uh, spend money when you have no cost. Mm-hmm. And that means the amount is, in my opinion, way smaller. I see you need, and I'm saying this, it's all in relative terms here. I'm not trying to be an asshole or a douchebag here, <laughs> but I'm just saying that you don't have to kind really of imagine these uh, kind of TechCrunch style, they won the financial lottery type outcomes. If you did some really good SaaS tool for where you can do a $7 million exit, you still own most of the kind of equity, take it. And you'll say, Danny's I can get 20 for this in two years. Take it. You can have zero in two years. You can have all sorts of things can happen. Take it. And just trust me on that. And then in 10 years, come back and if it goes, not that, I'll make up the remainder. Uh, now, that was the kind that of. That's two. What's the third? The, the, <laughs> the third part is uh, perhaps a little bit uh, more strategic. There's the. And I'll add a bonus part as well. A little bit more strategic, which is that if you believe in entrepreneurship as a lifelong career, as in. I'm really running the 50-year fund versus the VC who's running the four-year fund, right? They can invest in in parallel. I can only, as an entrepreneur, invest in serial. So I have to do them one by one by one. It'll take me about 50 years, and I can do about 10 ventures in this particular fund. I'm halfway through uh, in my 50-year fund. Now, in that 50-year fund, or just concept of you doing more than one venture, I said, don't please don't give up and become an investor on the side. Please don't do that. Just keep at it. It's kind of like uh, if you're a good footballer, just why would, you, uh, why would you do anything else? Like why would you start coaching or like you're just a good footballer, just play football. Like that was my dream. And here we are. Now, and that's an when you do uh, kind of get to the exit. You should uh, whatever kind of formidable terms you've been able to kind of put in place. Say you have no earnout or no lockup or uh, just super favorable kind of terms. You should still assume that the post-merger integration period is really either a future discount or premium attached to your name, meaning that you could walk out the door tomorrow and be equally well off financially. Yeah, but who do you think? The next exit is going to call as they do their due diligence. If you've done anything in the past, that'll be your prior exit. And the first question would be Who's Dennis? What type of teams does he assemble? How's the technology? Is he trustworthy? Does he stay put? Will he make sure the whole thing is integrated? We're going to pay him $10. Is that going to be worth $10? So if you don't do a good job today, you are now running around knowing that anything you'll do in the future will come at a, pick a number, 20% discount. I don't want that attached to my name. So you almost have to expect, no matter the terms, at least, and I could be super naive here, uh, or just uh, too much in love with my own product, but I really believe you need to make sure that the acquirer who just gave you $10 will go back and have a look at this and say, you know what, this feels like 12, like well-integrated, the two or three charters that we had hoped for got implemented in the platform. We have X amount of users kind of attached to it. The outcomes that we kind of put these messages to, we kind of you know, did, you know, four months earlier. All just good signs. You don't have to stay put for years on end. Just make sure that that post-merger integration is done so well that everybody's happy. Now, after that, whether you want a job or career or you only had one startup in you, that's a different story. But at least allow yourself to say, I could roll the dice one more time. Got a a reasonably good name attached to it. Now, that was the three points. Bonus point uh, there's the kind of emotional setting of surrendering something which you worked on uh, day and night. I'm not talking about the 18 hour workdays, just day and night. This is all you think about. Uh, certainly all I think about. I don't do any angel investing, any advisory, any uh, board seats. I don't do anything but my venture. So when I lose, I can look in the mirror and say, Dennis, you shit. You played a bad game. It's not like, yeah, I was kind of busy, but I have other things. No. Just what your day, man. And that's it. But if I win, I'll take full credit. Like this is all I did, didn't do anything. I didn't stumble into it. I applied all my effort, and uh, in that scenario, when you do apply all your effort, it can it can be uh, you know somewhat emotional, right? For where I really worked on this, and obviously the brand is unlikely to survive. Uh, they'll probably be incorporated. Your customers, depending if they buy technology or not, revenue might not uh, be able to be incorporated in the new setting. There's all sorts of kind of things that will happen on the other side that are good strategic choices from the acquirer's point of view, but you are emotionally invested in all of these things. I have this um, saying, which is that you probably shouldn't love anything that can't love you back, that I keep reminding myself of. I'm not saying I can you know, fully believe in it, but I keep reminding myself that, Dennis, these are just things. As in, you know, those daughters, that wife, family, friends, those are things that matter. This is just technology. Still, though, you can get uh, slightly uh, emotionally attached to it, but you try to extract yourself from that and not look at it as in, I need to make sure this survives uh, at all costs in its current kind of incarnation, which doesn't do you any service. It's a
1: powerful tool to use for yourself, a checkup uh it, it, do i love the this thing that doesn't can't love me back more than the things that can love me back yeah. and sure do you prioritize accordingly this this there's so many insights that you just kind of pack together there 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 for us and i know you could probably spend a, a week uh just talking about all the, the stories over the, the multiple years um for you what what's what are you most excited about next? Like, do you have like new technologies or do you still stay focused um, and keep your head down? I, I appreciate your, your, your focus. You said you don't <laughs> invest or do anything. Like, how, how do you see yourself moving forward from here?
0: If you are just a little bit entrepreneurial, you'll have ideas all the time, or, or even better, see things in the world that you believe aren't right. Things that are too painful, that somebody should come along and solve for that. And I, and this is going to sound very odd, uh, or perhaps even in conflict, what I just said before, but I feel almost uh, unfaithful to my startup if I go home and take notes on new things. So I never do that. But what I do do is that I keep a list of hate, which is things in the world that I really dislike. And if I spot something which I really dislike and I think, Ooh, that's a good entrepreneurial nugget. I want to extract it from my mind and save it like the baby it is. And then I write it on my list and I never look at it. But I saved it. It's kind of like uh, I gave birth to an idea and it immediately got adopted by my list. And it sits over here and it might survive. Then when I get to the end, then I look at my list and that is fucking funny. Because what you have here is one angry boy. Uh, Because they're all things I dislike. First of all, I'm thinking, this guy needs to go into therapy. Like, uh, you know, cheer up. Uh, But the whole point of the list is that these are things I dislike. And they're really just many times one liners, the same thing I've kind of, uh, because I go to the same places, experience kind of multiple times. And now I start to kind of prune my list. Dennis, this is silly. You're just angry. That's not even an idea. Delete. Uh, Then, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, you wrote it down four years ago. Two or three guys are already working on it. Well, it was real at least. Has up to you. Move that uh, to the right. And then as you start to kind of prune the list, uh, and I'm not yet in kind of pruning the list mode. Uh, I'm just in right now scanning the list, you know, laughing for myself uh, some, some nights. Uh, but then I have a whole process for how I mostly disqualify ideas. We could talk about that and a completely kind of separate date on how you should get started on a new venture, kind of, for whatever the reason. But to kind of answer your question, I have a set of past hate slash love letters from myself to me that I'm reading as we speak. And none of them are kind of carrying me anywhere just yet. <laughs>
1: Dennis, I, I love the, the almost opposite look that, that you have that I have not heard before. Um, this has been powerful, Dennis. I, the insights you've shared of, of how do you get there? What does it feel like once you've gotten there and making the right choices from that point? Already now positioning yourself up to what's the next venture. I agree. I think we need to do an, another interview and you can talk about that process of, of starting a new venture and we'll do an interview on, on that once, once you uh, begin it. I think that's that awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Dennis, for joining us. This has been great.
0: Time well spent.
1: Cheers. We'll see you all on the next episode of Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.